0: your host, Pulaski Citizen Sports Editor, Wade Neely. So glad to be with you guys here today. Welcome in. It is the Thursday, November 9th edition of the program, and wow, we have a fun show on tap for you guys today. Be ready, folks. We get a little off the rails. We tap in to the sometimes mysterious mind of our good friend. He's former Pulaski Citizen Sports Editor. Uh, he is an IT officer at the Bank of Frank Ewing, one of our fine sponsors of Pulaski Citizen Live, by the way. And he's a man of many talents. He's uh, one of our play-by-play voices on Pulaski Citizen Live. He's a staff writer. He's a good friend. He's a colleague. He's our very own Mark Mize. Mark sits down with us, 15-plus good minutes uh, of conversation with Mark. We talk about the Richland baseball alumni game. We talk about the Richland Bridgeforth basketball games that he covered uh, earlier in the week. We get his thoughts on where Giles County sits after week one of the TWSWA 3A state playoffs. And we close it out with a big fist bump. Both of us going 16-0 in fearless forecasters just a couple of weeks ago. I'm still trailing him. Uh, so whether he knows it or not, maybe I kind of tried to get into his head a little bit. Uh, maybe inflate his ego. And uh, see if I can't catch him in the final few weeks of the regular season. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right in, folks. Busy week for us here at the Pulaski Citizen as uh, we did kick off those CWSWA state playoffs we just talked about. Mark will break it down a little further, but what I can tell you, 34 to nothing, Giles County knocks off visiting Chattanooga Brainerd. Uh, a dominant performance from Giles County de- defensively. And a pretty sharp performance on the offensive end as uh, they led uh, 23 to nothing at halftime. Uh, 24 to nothing at halftime, I stand corrected. Uh, And then they add some points there and they went at 34 to nothing. You had three touchdowns for running back and receiver Kamari Turner. He caught a 29-yard touchdown. Then he had two short rushes. Great night for him all around. You had a rushing touchdown for Johnny Jackson. And you also had two field goals from Chase Carden, but you had 100 yards on the ground from Exorion Randolph. So Giles County's offense played really well. Jackson did have an interception, uh, but other than that, about as flawless of a performance as you could have offensively for Giles County. And you know, the question becomes, where do they go from here? And they obviously go to round two of the uh, playoffs. They get McMinn Central coming in to the Brickyard on Friday. But big picture, you know, where, where do they go? What's the ceiling for this team? And that's a really good question because the offense uh, seems to be clicking. They've kind of reached a point where we're a couple rounds away maybe from a team being able to stop the Bobcat offense so much as Giles County kind of getting in its own way, if that makes sense. Uh, I mentioned the interception by Jackson. That was kind of an underthrown ball uh, intended for Pearson Collier. And not a great uh, effort there from your QB. That's a mistake you want to obviously clean up. And and Johnny Jackson's a great quarterback. So uh, you know that he's certainly capable of doing that. The other big thing was penalties. And uh, a few plays where they just didn't quite execute maybe as well as they could or should have. But penalties were a real killer last week for Giles County. Uh, Didn't come back to haunt them by any means. They were able to overcome those uh, on a number of drives. But you just can't get behind the chains. Chris Bledsoe talks about it a lot during our broadcast uh, on Friday night on Pulaski Citizen Live. Uh, Against the good teams, you're not going to be able to convert uh, those 2nd and 15s, uh, those 3rd and 18s, situations like that. So, Johns County's got to shore those up. On the other side, the defense played well. Uh, Wow, they are flying to the football. Caleb Oates is playing like a man possessed after moving from linebackers to defensive line. Kind of weird to think about, but an injury uh, to Jesse Murray a couple of weeks ago is what now has Oates playing in a new position, but he's playing his best football the entire season. So he's been fun to watch. Chakaia Inglet had a sack and an interception. Amari Smith kind of feels like they're just kind of turning the full throttle up for Amari on both sides of the ball. We know he's an all-state uh, performer on the offensive line. Uh, shoot, he got a Mr. Football vote from me uh, for Class 3A. That's how good I think Amari is as an offensive lineman. But now on defense, he's been playing a lot of defense all year, but it seems like they're really just uh, turning the wolves loose, so to speak, uh, when they're playing Kamari Turner, they're playing Kareem Bryant, uh, they're playing X Randolph, and they're playing Smith. A lot of those guys, uh, they're, they're really not holding anything back on defense. They're going best 11, as it were. So good performance. Two good field goals there from Chase Carden as well. Uh, He missed a 59-yarder, which is crazy to think about, but he did miss it. And uh, we said it on air last Friday. Good to see him make two good field goals now to try and maybe get some of that confidence back uh, because who knows when you're going to need three points in the postseason where every possession is so critical. Again, we'll break down uh, the final little bit of that uh, toward the end of our show today. But um, that was the big news. Uh, other big news is basketball season has gotten off to a fast start. We are off and running, and Pulaski Citizen Live, we had not one but two broadcasts for you guys on uh, Monday night. Mark and Jennifer were at the Bridgeforth Richland game, and uh, I was down in Minor Hill as Minor Hill took on Elkton. So our four schools all got it on on Monday night, and uh, we had a lot of fun bringing you guys middle school basketball. Uh, kind of a tune-up, really, for uh, us as far as our broadcast coverage, um, Pulaski Citizen Live in the football. Or excuse me, the basketball season. So, high school cranks up next week. Uh, we will. I feel pretty confident we're going to have a guest next week to talk a little around ball. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, not going to reveal uh, just who that might be just yet, but rest assured we're going to have somebody join us next week. Other bit of business. Uh, This show is coming out on a Thursday. We're recording on Wednesday, later recording this week, and uh, it's kind of a good thing in a sense. Uh, Bad news for UT Southern, but it's good that we're able to sneak this in here. The UT Southern women's soccer team was just upset in their Southern States Athletic Conference semifinal match. Game goes to overtime, and they fall 1-0 to Life University. So uh, that's the bad news for the Firehawks. The good news is they're 14-4-2. They are going to still go to the national tournament they're most likely all but assured going to host the national uh, tournament opening round which will be next week uh and then if they win two games there it'll be back to orange beach uh and heading back to the final site for the national championship uh which is the, the hopeful ultimate goal there ut southern men and women's basketball has been off and running College basketball at large has been off and running. I got my Michigan gear on. They just got a nice win versus – you may be thinking uh, I'm paying homage to the football team in their big game versus Penn State this weekend. Uh, And that might be accurate, but really we want to give a shout-out to my boy Juwan Howard and Wolverines. They got the good win versus UNC Asheville because ask uh, Michigan State and ask Vanderbilt. Some of these early season games are a little tricky as Michigan State gets upset at home by James Madison and then Vanderbilt goes out and loses to Presbyterian uh, at home. So i got to show some love to the maize and blue. But uh, that's all for our opening segment. We're going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, Mark Mize, former sports editor here at the Pulaski Citizen, one of our play-by-play voices for Pulaski Citizen Live. We got a great conversation with him. So sit tight, folks. Mark and I sit down and chop it up on the other side of this timeout. You're watching From the Press Box with Wade Neely, and we are back right after this. He shoots, and he scores! (laughs) folks, welcome back in. Another segment here on From the Press Box with Wayne Neely, and we are just going to dive right in. It's our special guest. This is a long-awaited, highly anticipated segment with our good friend Mark Mize, former sports editor and a longtime contributor and friend of ours here at uh, the Pulaski Citizen. Mark, how you doing, my man?
1: I've been doing super well. You know, it's been a lot of fun covering football for Pulaski Citizen Live, and now we have a chance to, obviously, see the postseason for Giles County football, but getting ready to turn it to some basketball as well. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: And, you know, you and I have been talking about trying to get you to come on this show for a while. And I said, I would, I would love to do it every single week, but I, I really want to cash in and get max value. And I wanted to bring you on today because we've got a number of things that you personally have helped cover for The Citizen in the last couple of weeks. And so we'll kind of uh, dive into that. But uh, uh, also, you know, we don't want to peak too early. We didn't want to have you on the very first show and, you know, have our, our viewership decline after that. So... We appreciate you taking some time, and we definitely want to dive right in. Uh, One thing just right off the jump that I think was uh, very intriguing, and then you did a great job of covering for us at the Pulaski Citizen. You can still read all this stuff at PulaskiCitizen.com. What can you tell us about the big event uh, a couple Fridays ago, the Richland Baseball Alumni Game? That was a a fun thing, I think, from the jump, and it seems like uh, good times were had.
1: Well, really, just uh, hats off to uh, Coach Sack and uh, also uh, Coach Hughes. You know, I think they did a great job, you know, uh, the former coach and the current coach, uh, um, just putting something together that was fun for everyone. Kelly Bratton, of course, was your PA announcer, and so he made it pretty fun, kind of set the tone for the evening, but really was very impressed by, I guess, the elder statesman, you might call it, uh, of Brooklyn baseball, who, you know, I kind of thought, when you think of alumni, uh, sports, you usually are thinking of people who are probably 30 year older, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who have been out of it a little while. Of course, they allowed, because technically they met the definition. They allowed 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. Right. So I kind of initially thought, pitching-wise, if you haven't pitched in the last three years, you're probably going to struggle. But the best pitcher of the night was Nathan Dunivant. You know, he was a graduate of 2013. Uh, I'll be honest, I think he still would probably be one of the top three pitchers on the current high school team. Did a great job, picked up the win, and then the two big... Uh, Bats of the night were Harley Schrader, yeah. who I think was a class of 97, if I'm not mistaken. And then also Adam Brummett, who I believe was a class of maybe 2000. And so, you know, those are a couple guys who are uh, 40 plus and still, you know, can hit the long ball. Uh, it crazy. was really impressive.
0: That is crazy. And I love the way you, uh, and if you haven't uh, read it, I'm going to spoil it a little bit. But I loved your uh, lead there when you said, uh, you know, Harley Schrader went three for four, you know, with blah, blah, blah. and had his stats and you said... This is a a confusing headline, maybe, uh, or it's not a headline from 1997, it's a headline from the Richland Alumni Baseball Game. Uh, Those guys were really getting after it, it seems like. And I love the mixture of, like you said, the recent alumni taking on uh, the elder statesmen, as you call them.
1: Definitely. And, you know, whenever you looked at some of the young guys like, you know, Jace Derryberry, Sam Edwards, uh, Houston Cheek, and Er Erlon Duran, Aiden Walder, and, you know, some of the guys who we've been covering the last three years. I really thought that they would be the most dominant members of the night. And for the record, a couple of them had really good nights. But like I said, you know, I think that this was a perfect situation in which you had some young guys who played pretty well, but it really kind of was all about those uh, senior members of the – uh, not senior citizen, of course, but senior members right. of the uh, Raider alumni who really, really put on a show. Also, have to give a shout out to uh, Tim Dickey. Of course, we know him as Bobo, who was the manager slash player. Wanted to be called Pete Rose for the night, and he didn't hit like Pete Rose, but I'll tell you, he he managed a great game. Yeah, and I think part of the reason they won is because you know they you know felt like they were a little bit cooler a little bit more collected and calm and i think that he was really keeping his team in in terms of keeping perspective so i think that honestly he was actually probably one of the mvps for their team without really putting on a huge performance on the field
0: were, were there uh alumni umpires as well or how was it was call your own balls, balls and strikes how'd that go
1: so there was only one umpire for the night if i'm not mis- actually never mind i think there might have been two but i'll tell you the home plate umpire was uh, Zach Bailey. Okay. And so, you know, when I saw him there, I was like, wait, an enforcer. Well, I was like, he was a really good baseball player, too. And for a second, I thought, I was like, what's he doing out here? Because he was a really good baseball player, but if I'm not mistaken, for Giles County. Right. And so I was wondering, I was like, is he going to play? Because, you know, he's a staff member now mm-hmm. at the school, so it kind of makes sense. But no, he was actually there to be the home plate umpire. And he called a great game. There really wasn't much argument at all, you know, in terms of arguing balls or strikes or anything, mainly because a lot of guys were, you know, just swinging and messing pretty badly. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and I really hope they continue to do it. I heard that between the silent auction, of course, the uh, – gate, and then the concessions as well. They made over $4,000 for the program, um, and uh, just, just a great night of fun. I had a lot of fun. It was probably one of the most fun events I've covered in quite a while, and so uh, I hope that everyone else had as much fun as I did, and I think they did.
0: Yeah, and we were stoked that you uh, uh, agreed to go out and cover that for us, and like you said, everybody had a great time, and I guess the the big takeaway is, yes, potentially raise quite a bit of money, but also, it seems like an event like that just kind of is things that you see quality programs kind of do, and that buyback within the program. So it seems like, a, by and large, a, a smashing success.
1: Yeah, and you know, when you think about Richland, you say what kind of sports school they are. Because, you know, you have basketball schools, you have baseball schools. You know, I wouldn't necessarily say they're a baseball school, because obviously the basketball program has just been, you know, such a rich tradition. But they've had so much success in the diamond sports, too. They've got a couple state championships in softball. They've had quite a few state tournament teams in baseball, Mm -hmm. too. And so, you know, while I think a lot of people think of Richland as a basketball school, they have a really, really rich tradition in the diamond sports. And it's really great to see them kind of embrace that and, and bring that back around. And honestly you know, they've been pretty good since I've been covering, too. Yep. Now, they haven't been back to the state tournament since I've been around. in, close pa- in several baseball times, though. But Yes, very close several times. Of course, one of the times is because they ran to a Vanderbilt pitcher for, uh, for East Robertson. And so, you know, they've gotten a little unlucky, but really good program. And I think that that night kind of showed the fact that um, they got a lot of momentum. And I think that they um, still, you know, I think even after Coach Troy Hughes had such a great run. You yeah. know, Of course, he was taken to the state tournament back whenever I was in high school. I think they're going to continue that. I don't think that it's going to be a case where it was really because Hughes was such a special coach, which, honestly, he was. But I think that, you know, uh, great new coaching staff, a lot of momentum, and I think they're doing things the right way.
0: Good. i love to hear that. Thank you again for uh, covering that. While we got you on uh, Richland on the Mind, you and Jennifer Hawkins were inside Dwight Clark Gymnasium on Monday night in a game that was broadcast on Pulaski Citizen Live. Our first uh, basketball broadcast of the year, we had middle school action as Bridgeforth came up. To Linville, uh, what were your takeaways from Monday night as Richland wins both the boys' and girls' contests?
1: Well, you know, the funny thing was, the final score of both games was 33-20. to 20. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you may read the newspaper this week and say, well, there's is there some kind of typo there. But, yeah, that was actually the final score from both games. Uh, from the girls' game, Richland's a really dominant squad. Um, you know, I really think that Bridgeforth did such a great job in the second quarter of getting back into it and really frustrating them. Because, you know, defensively, Bridgeforth was really good. And I'll tell you, um, a Mariah Holt. And Brea Smith are really, really talented guards. I mean, just great ball handlers. They do so many things well. You know, knifing through the defense, a pretty good Richland defense. You know, Richland, by the way, versus Christlife Academy, gave up zero points this year, versus Wayne County gave up two. Wow. And so this was a team that came in was really shutting people down. Yeah. Richland put up 20 points and played good defense against them. But at the end of the the day, uh, Danny Lynn Galloway and Kate Kirk, are two of the most dominant posts in middle school girls basketball that I can remember having seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got some really good guard play to compliment them, but really, it's kind of just a give and go between the two of them and defensively on the other side of the court. I mean, that is an imposing force yeah. to have to go oh, yeah. through. Um, Richland girls are really, really gonna go far this year um, in middle school, as far as middle school does go, of course. Yeah. Um, and then for Bridgeforth was was really impressed. Um, I think they have a you know they came in undefeated. Both mm-hmm. teams were undefeated going into that game but um, I think they have a lot of good basketball ahead of them. Um, Turning the page to the boys' game, I was a little surprised to be honest with you. Coming into the night, you know, I don't usually predict predict games before, obviously, yeah. for, for reasons that, you know, we don't like to do that with the newspaper. But um, would have initially guessed that Bridgeforth was probably gonna win that one. Richland, you know, is still trying to find who's going to be their primary ball handler and you know how they're gonna do some things at guard, because they're a very young team. Mm-hmm. You know, they they really don't have a lot of returning starting experience at all. I think they only have a couple of players who really played much at all last year for middle school but um, came away from it really impressed by Richland. And I think, though, if you play it again, especially if they play it again at Bridgeforth, I think you might see a different outcome because I think Bridgeforth's press really, you know, they got in some early foul trouble. The way the referees were calling the game, they called it a fair game for both teams, but they called it a close game. Yeah. And if one team is trying to be really physical and trying to press, mm-hmm. you know, obviously that doesn't feed well into your game plan whenever the refs are calling a close game. And so the refs called the game, which once again was fair for both sides, but was probably in Richland's favor in terms of what they were trying to do with the basketball in the night. And just uh, can't say enough about, you know, I think Colin Johnson had a really great game. I was really impressed with him at guard, was really impressed by all the guards, of course, player of the night was Gavin Schrader, he had 19 points, uh, a double-double, had several assists, he really is just, you know, they had three straight really good posts coming through middle school, when I'm thinking of, you know, obviously Gage Kirk, who now is actually, uh, you know, about to be a senior, yeah, Yeah. on, on on the high school squad, and then, of course, um, Oh, my goodness, now I'm embarrassed. Uh, Cade McCormick, there we go. Cade McCormick was incredible. Um, And now Gavin Trader, you know, they've really had an embarrassment of riches in in post-play in recent years. And so I was really impressed with him. I think he's the reason that they kind of were able to win that game because I think he kind of changed Bridgeport's half-court offense. And defensively, Richland in the half-court was probably one of the best performances I think you'll ever see. But all that to say, Bridgeport, so athletic. They press really well whenever they're kind of allowed to. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do some things really, really well, and I think they kind of had an off-shooting night. So I think if you play that game back, I think it's definitely closer. I'm not going to say necessarily who wins or not, but I will say that um, I haven't seen the schedule to see if they play again at Bridgeforth. But I kind of hope they do, because if they do, I really think that that's one that's definitely worth your time to come out to. Because I really think you're going to see a better performance from Bridgeforth. And, you know, overall, I think it was a really fun night of basketball. Richland swept, but on the girls' side, Richforth played very well, has a lot to, you know, um, be proud of. On the boys' side, I think if you play that game again, Richforth's got a real chance to win it.
0: Yeah, uh, we had a big night of middle school action and like you said, two two games, same score. A lot to be excited about for both of those programs. We also did Elkton and Minor Hill. Uh, Yours truly had the call down there on the south end, so it was fun for us. Uh, we normally don't cover a ton of middle school games, but it was fun to see, uh, especially kind of our uh, first broadcast of the basketball season, uh, which we'll have much more on in next week's episode, kind of a preview as high school gets cranked up. Uh, but that was exciting to hear. Two other quick things i got to ask you about before we get you out of here. Uh, you were on the sidelines last Friday night shooting photography for us. Giles County got a 34-0 win versus Brainerd. What did you see? Uh, that either you liked or maybe were surprised by from Giles County in that game. Well,
1: I will say I was very pleasantly surprised by the defense. I mean, you know, I don't know if this is the same defensive unit that you saw earlier in the season. Granted, early in the season, you know, some of those games you're playing some pretty hard opponents, right. but they even had a couple games that I think were letdown games versus some lesser opponents where mm-hmm. you know, especially in the first half they didn't run away from a couple teams the way that I think a lot of people probably had anticipated they would. Defensively, I think it was probably one of the best games I've seen Josh County play in the last three years. Uh, really impressed with how this unit has uh, improved over time. Really kind of knew what we were going to get with the offense, obviously. Yeah. Any offense that has you know both Turner and Randolph. And then obviously then, now Jackson has all these different things that he can do. The receiving core has a couple guys who can go out there and catch the ball. And the line's been playing really well. You know, I knew what the offense had in store but defensively really, really impressed, and really they almost, you know, you've seen them so much more than me, but they have a very business-like approach. You know, mm-hmm. the other night, you know, you don't see them celebrating real big or anything. They're kind of just down to business. They know they were supposed to win that game. They know they had to win that game, of course, because right. every every game in yeah. football postseason is an elimination game, and so uh, they just came out and took care of business, and the defense looked great. All
0: right, uh, we'll keep uh, tabs on them as we get into round two. They get set to Uh, host McMinn Central on Friday, which should be an interesting game. They average a lot of points on the offensive side, so you're right, that defense will have a chance maybe versus an improved uh, offense uh, to have a test. Finally, we get you out of here, Mark. Um, You didn't come in strutting as much as I did the other day, but you and I, man, we got a little uh, celebratory uh, kudos. I kid you not, about four weeks ago in this very same citizen office, I asked Scott Stewart and asked Carrie J. Malone, and I said, has anybody on the panel gone undefeated in a while? Just just a casual question. And then they said, not that we can really recall. We'd have to dig, but nothing jumps out. And then merely two weeks later, you and I both go undefeated. You're sitting there in first place. I'm kind of toward the back of the pack. I just simply got to ask you, what do you got going on right now? Because you are picking at a, at a decent clip. And obviously, like we said, you and I both go undefeated two weeks ago.
1: Well, I think this is maybe the 11th year I've done this, and I think this is only the second time I've ever gone undefeated. So, you know, obviously it's pretty rare, yeah. e- even whenever you're, you're performing pretty well. Um, people always ask, how do I pick my games? And usually what I do is this. I actually go through, and immediately, first draft, I just pick exactly what I think off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. then, of course, you know, I check that versus the um, analytics, and then I check that versus Vegas. I yep. usually try to pick about three to four upsets every week because, of course, if you never pick upsets, you're really not going to set a, be set apart from the pack. Yep. And so, you know, at the end of the day, me and you and Carrie could pick the Vegas favorites every single week and, you know, do super, super well, but we would all finish in a tie for first place. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to usually go with the favorites more often than not because there's a reason, you know, Vegas, there's a reason they're making money. They know what or they're doing. They're building
0: skyscrapers and casinos all the time out exactly. there. Exactly,
1: but to that point, yeah. Like I said, I want I want to pick favorites about 12 times each week, and I want three to four upsets, mm-hmm. and that kind of makes the difference. And so that's really how I look at it. I mean, I don't know how you look at it. Obviously, you know, since we have been doing this together, you know, I had won six out of the past seven years before you showed up, and now you and Daniel Haney have kind of handed it to me a couple times. Oh, yeah. And so um, y'all put together some pretty impressive runs. So I may need to be asking you for advice, but uh, yeah, that's usually how I think about it, and um, it's fun to go undefeated, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a close race this year. Um, me, you, and Carrie are really, you know, the top three right now, um, and uh, I'm really interested to see how it's going to turn out. If I'm not mistaken, and y'all will have to check the archives, I believe I'm one away from, if I win this year, tying the all-time record for most wins. I think that's with Herschel Lake, if I'm not mistaken. By okay. I think he either had seven or eight. I think he had seven. And this would be my seventh fearless win if I won this year. So I'm looking to- toward that, trying to trying to set the record.
0: Oh, I gotta uh, I gotta get my picks a little better then to so see if we can uh, keep Herschel atop. Uh, we will check on that. Uh, and I'm like you. I usually will go with Vegas first, and then kind of I guess in reverse of what you just said. I'll have Vegas first, and then I'll go back and say, hmm, do do I see something maybe? A Chance and one that was big uh, last week was Clemson Open Notre Dame.
1: Very impressive
0: call on your not, part. Not a fan of Clemson or Notre Dame, uh, but I just thought maybe playing at home, they're not as bad as maybe their record may indicate. A chance to go for that. Uh, real quickly, we do, we are contractually obligated to ask you about a game this week Missouri and Tennessee. You're a noted Missouri fan. Uh, you pick Tennessee, though. That game is going to be a nail biter, at least according to the experts. So I'm curious, your just a quick take before we get you out of here.
1: Well, really, you know, Missouri's played pretty well at home this year. My concern is this. Um, You know, obviously, they had two weeks of prepare for Georgia, played a good game versus Georgia, but had a couple turnovers. Georgia didn't turn over the ball, so obviously that was the difference in that one. They're now mathematically eliminated from, you know, winning the SEC East and going to the SEC Championship. Tennessee's not. And so I'm kind of worried that with Tennessee having some momentum, kind of Mm -hmm. seeing that there's a little blood in the water. I know Georgia's undefeated. I don't think Georgia's as good as they were the last couple of years. So I think Tennessee kind of sees that, hey, if we win the next couple and they lose to Ole Miss, then suddenly you're talking yeah, about potentially yeah. Tennessee going to Winter Atlanta. Winner take all of them. And so, yeah, I mean, I'll, the reason that I picked Tennessee is because I think Tennessee has more to play for, and I think they're playing up I'm worried that Missouri, you know, they put it all out there. They were going, obviously, for a chance to even potentially get into the playoffs yeah. if they could beat Georgia and continue mm-hmm. that momentum. And I think that they kind of left it all on the field versus Georgia, played a great game, and I'm worried that
0: they're going to have that letdown week.
1: Hopefully, since they're at home, they won't. But, um, you know, I, I'm I'm a little concerned, and that's why I went ahead and went with Vols.
0: It's going to be a fun Saturday of college football. Mark, thank you so much for your time, as always, and uh, we will get you on the so- uh, show again very, very soon. Appreciate all that you do for us at the Pulaski Citizen. As always. Mark Miles, former sports editor of the Pulaski Citizen. You can hear him and Jennifer Hawkins for the vast majority of your Richland Raider broadcast as High School Hoops uh, tips off next week. And Mark and Jennifer will handle those games and many, many more uh, odds and ends for us here at the Pulaski Citizen. We're going to take a quick timeout when we come back. A closing segment here on From the Press Box. We'll be back right after this.
1: Thomas Drugs, serving our community since the early 1900s. We're a full-service drugstore in Soda Fountain located in a building on Main Street that is on the National Register of Historic Places. We have a staff of pharmacists with over 70 years of experience, and we are committed to offering the best care and service to our community. We're now offering healthcare testing and treatment with positive results, a one-stop shop. Stop by our pharmacy today or visit our website at ThomasDrugs.net.
0: We are back here inside the Pulaski Citizen headquarters on the gorgeous downtown historic Pulaski Square. And uh, so glad to be with you guys. Wade Neely here, sports editor of the Pulaski Citizen. You're watching from the press box with Wade Neely. And let's dive right in. We've got a, a brief uh, matter of time here before we got to wrap this thing up. But I want to let you guys know it's the tail of the tape. After going undefeated a couple weeks ago, Mark and I both finished 13-3 and in Fearless Forecasters this week. Had the nice call, though, a little extra strut, like I said, with Mark uh, in our previous segment there, as I picked Notre Dame to go into Clemson and not win, but to lose. And Coach Dabo Swinney and the uh, Tigers take care of business, help me out a little bit there. Uh, So we shall see what this week uh, uh, unfolds for us. Lynn Garrett was, uh, is our special guest this week. Sidney Teague was last week's winner. And uh, it's going to be a fun week here, as I'm predicting. Buckle up, folks. Give me Georgia over Ole Miss. Man, I hope this is a close game. I really kind of have a sneaking suspicion that Georgia's kind of going to pull away from it. Not as much of a, like Mark said, not necessarily overall impressed with Georgia. They've kind of gone through the motions at times this year. I just don't know what to expect out of Ole Miss in a big game. I know Jackson Dart's playing at an extremely high level, so that'll be a fun game. But give me Georgia in that one. Other big games. Man, we got some good ones this weekend, folks. Give me Washington at home versus Utah. You guys know I love Utah. I've been banging uh, the drum for them all year. But I think Washington playing at home is going to get the win. Give me Oregon versus USC, who looks like they're in a little bit of a free fall. Hard-fought game last week for USC, uh, but give me Oregon coming up this week. Uh, it's the rivalry game uh, that you didn't know that you loved until just now, but it's UNC and Duke this weekend. Everybody in the panel is picking North Carolina, so give me them. I'm the only member of our panel that's given Missouri a shot to beat Tennessee, and it's not uh, because I'm a Tennessee hater, uh, and it's not because I really uh, am a Missouri lover. Uh, I just had a feeling that everybody on the panel was going to pick Tennessee this week, and there's only one way for me to move up, and that's if I got to make a game up somewhere, and so I thought that Tennessee would get uh, picked across the board. They did, so I went with Missouri. I think that's going to be a close game. This is wild to say, but I think it'll be a fun game. Uh, I don't think uh, Tennessee-Missouri fun game words have ever been mentioned in the same sentence together, but here we are. It's been kind of a wild year thus far. Uh, Give me Arkansas over Auburn. (laughs) Give me Arkansas over Auburn as uh, we get toward the end of this here. I'm getting off the rails. Give me South Carolina by a lot versus Vanderbilt. Give me Texas A&M at home to Mississippi State in a game that, man, this brings me back to a lot of great memories of my youth. But give me Florida State big over Miami. I think that'll be uh, a big time win for Coach Norvell and the Seminoles this weekend. Give me Michigan. The Wolverines get it done. A lot of stuff swirling around uh, on the Internet and uh, in the news about uh, Michigan and um, Coach Harbaugh and his involvement with everything that's going on. But I think Michigan finds a way to shove all the distractions to the side. I think they're a lot better team than Penn State. Uh, The question is, can they come out and execute like that better team? And if they can, I think they win kind of big. But if they don't come out and execute well, Penn State is still a very good football team. This is the biggest test of the season. It's the first real test for Michigan. Their season's coming down to a two-game schedule, three games essentially if you count Maryland. But uh, Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State, that's going to determine how they do. But I'm taking my Wolverines this weekend. Uh, Give me, real quickly, give me Iowa State on the road at BYU. I love that Scott Stewart keeps putting BYU in these every single week because – They're a weird team. They're hard to figure out. They've got some nice wins this year, but they've also got some bad losses, and uh, they vary week to week. Uh, As we get into the pros, give me the Bengals over the Texans, which is a game kind of like Tennessee Missouri. I was not anticipating saying would be a fun or entertaining game at the start of the season, but here we are. Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they look like they are flying high right now. Give me the Titans over the Buccaneers, as it is going to be Levis versus Baker. That'll be a fun game with two. quarterbacks that kind of play similar, both just try to go out there and just make plays. And so we'll see what happens as uh, that could be a sneaky, entertaining game, even though it may not be the most aesthetically pleasing game. Uh, give me my beloved New York Jets over the Raiders, but woof, not much else needs to be said about that. And to close it out, give me the Steelers over the Packers. Shout out to my Uncle Tony Orr. That's your free Steelers pick. And maybe your only free Steelers pick that you're going to get from me. But uh, that's Fearless Forecasters, folks. That's our show. Remember, folks, Giles County is at home this Friday night. If for some reason you are not going to be in attendance at Sam Davis Park, come on down. Uh, I I should say come on down to Sam Davis Park. But if for some reason you're not going to be there, make plans to join us. You can hear us on Pulaski Citizen Live each and every single Friday night. It's yours truly and Chris Bledsoe. Two ways to get us. You can download the Mixler app on your phone. And you can search PCLGCHS, or you can visit PulaskiCitizen.com. Click on that Pulaski Citizen Live button, and you can tune in that way. That's all the time we've got. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. We will see you next week. Enjoy your football games, and most importantly, folks, enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next time.